Bridge Bank helps breakthrough ideas actually break through and remains dedicated to providing financial solutions to the risk takers, the game changers, and the disruptors. Bridge Bank, a division of Western Alliance Bank. Bridge Bank, be bold, venture wisely. Hi there, I'm Randad Fattah from Throughline. If you're listening to this podcast, you know that KQED produces exceptional storytelling that keeps you informed, inspired, and entertained. Their podcasts cover issues from your neighborhood to the entire country and everything in between. Support this work today. You can help us continue to bring quality podcasts to your ears. Just head to donate.kqed.org slash podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast. From KQED. From KQED Public Radio in San Francisco, this is Michael Krasny. The federal crackdown on corruption in San Francisco City Hall continues to widen. Prosecutors this week charged the head of the San Francisco Public Utilities Commission, Harlan Kelly, with fraud for allegedly taking bribes from a contractor. Yesterday, Kelly's wife, the San Francisco City Administrator, took a leave of absence. Coming up on Forum, we'll discuss the scandal and the criticisms of Mayor London Breed for attending a party at the French Laundry restaurant as COVID cases surged. Then, muni officials say layoffs and further service cuts are on the table as the San Francisco Transit Agency figures out how to deal with a bigger-than-projected budget shortfall. We'll talk with Muni Chief Jeffrey Tomlin. That's all next, after this news. Welcome to Forum. I'm Michael Krasny. San Francisco's city administrator took a leave of absence Wednesday after federal prosecutors charged her husband, former San Francisco Public Utilities Commission Chief Harlan Kelly, with accepting bribes earlier this week. Naomi Kelly is the fifth city department head to step down since federal authorities launched a wide-ranging corruption investigation. Joining us to discuss the scandals at City Hall and Mayor London Breed's decision to attend a party at the French Laundry Restaurant in Napa as COVID-19 cases surged is KQED politics correspondent Marisa Lagos. And good morning, Marisa. Morning, Michael. Great to be here. Great to have you. Well, uh, more corruption, unfortunately, seems to be in the news. Harlan Kelly, again, San Francisco public utilities chief since 2012, has been charged by prosecutors from the U.S. Attorney's Office for allegedly accepting bribes. And uh, this is for inside information on city contracts. It has to do with vacations and free meals and personal conscience. But it's tied to Walter Wong, and let's talk about that kind of partnership that's coming into focus here. Yeah, I mean, this is um, a building expediter, a fixer in the in the parlance of City Hall world who has really become um, a, a centerpiece of this entire investigation, uh, in part because after uh, Mohammed Nuru, the former Department of Public Works chief, was arrested along with Nick Bovis, uh, uh, a restaurant owner in San Francisco, um, Walter Wong essentially had his offices raided and, 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 and agreed to cooperate with the FBI. So a lot of what we're seeing in these new allegations against Harlan Kelly um, and um, sort of by extension, some potential uh, problematic questions about his wife, Naomi Kelly, and, and her actions are really um, being put forward by what Walter Wong told the FBI and provided them in terms of text messages and documents and, and kind of his own recollection. And I think like from the beginning, I mean, 
look, I'm not, I'm not an FBI agent. I'm not a lawyer, Michael, but it, it, it has seemed pretty clear from, I think, a lot of people watching this that that was part of the intention of the earlier arrest was to kind of see who might cooperate with federal prosecutors and investigators and, who, and whether there might be bigger fish to fry, so to speak. And you mentioned uh, Naomi Kelly, who was given a six-week uh, leave of absence. She has not been charged with anything. But on the other hand, the FBI walked out of their home with all kinds of boxes, and uh, there's been some suggestions that uh, she said she gave a lot of money back to Walter Wong, called him a liar, and, and said that there were no, uh, there's nothing behind the allegations, uh, except for the fact that uh, the FBI claims uh, there was very little money taken out of her bank account. Yeah, so the complaint um, laid out this week uh, states that in June, um, Naomi Kelly was interviewed by the FBI and asked about this trip in March of 2016 to Hong Kong, um, which Walter Wong says he paid for. And, and she told the agents that she paid him, quote, a lot of money for the trip. Um, and then they note in the, this affidavit that they found only one $500 cash withdrawal from Kelly's accounts in the weeks prior to this and a $400 withdrawal from her mother-in-law's account uh, or for Harlan Kelly. So from... Naomi Kelly's mother, excuse me, was on that trip with them. Um, so I think that is troubling. I mean, lying to the FBI in itself is a crime, right? And I think that um, she's obviously not been charged with anything. But the f I think the minute we heard that, you know, that, you know their house had been raided, I, I at least had questions about whether she would stay in her job. Because, I mean, it's pretty remarkable, like just stepping back from this entire scandal, that you had one household essentially controlling the purse strings of the entire city government, right? I mean, Naomi Kelly is the city administrator. She oversees all the general fund departments. Um, Two dozen and city departments she oversees, actually. Yeah, yeah. And, and that is, and you know, with our, I, I, I can't, what are we at? $13 billion city budget. I mean, huge city budget. And then on top of that, you have um, the PUC, which is an enterprise department, which means it sits outside of that general fund that Naomi Kelly oversees. But that's where Harlan Kelly was overseeing. So you really have one household. And I've thought about this for years, it's pretty remarkable to have one household overseeing um, so much power in, in a city this big and, and wealthy, really. This is also the fifth city department to stand down or resign in the wake of the city hall corruption scandal. And uh, according to San Francisco Chronicle, it continues to grow. Um, it, as you said, uh, may even go back uh, in some ways or have ties to Mohammed Nuru, but also um, Ed, Mayor, former Mayor Ed Lee's name has, has come up in this in terms of a keyboard. And do you know about that? <laughs> yeah. So the the complaint lays out some text messages between Harlan Kelly and Walter Wong in which they refer to, uh, quote, 35 and the um, FBI agent who wrote this basically says that they believe that that was related to the keys on a keyboard and, and the corresponding letters. And if you look, I mean, I guess it could be Frank Jordan, but he was mayor quite a long time ago. So, Edley, are those initials three, five? Um, it lines up. I mean, there's nothing in here that I've seen that, that indicates any like that they are investigating him for a crime. And they, they basically say that he's aware of a, of a permit question that Wong had. But, you know, there's been, I think, since the beginning of this, a lot of questions about the kind of world, you know, everybody surrounding the people who were first caught in the middle of this and the web of city government and the connections. And, you know, the fact that a lot of these people have been involved in city government, I, I mean, really since Willie Brown's time as mayor um, 20 years ago, some 20 years ago. So um, I think I, I, I believe, you know, I think it's interesting, Michael, like none of this is as 
earth shattering in terms of the allegations as I think, you know, maybe the FBI would have hoped. Um, a lot of this has been very incremental, but I think there's long been questions about if you have a city government overseen at the time by Ed Lee, who, you know, basically put people like Harlan Kelly and Muhammad Nuru into power or kept them in power. Did he have any inkling of this? And we still don't know the answer to that. Well, we should mention that the feds allegedly have encrypted messages uh, from Kelly to Wong, thanking him for the paid vacation to Hong Kong. But also, the investigators are claiming that Wong has all kinds of got all kinds of business advantages uh, uh, through all this, including a multi-million dollar deal to upgrade the city streetlights. Right, uh, but he didn't get that deal. Right, he didn't so, I mean, get that, the deal. Yeah. That's right. In fact, I was going to mention that not only didn't he get the deal, but Kelly's attorney Brian Getz is saying nothing supports the case, including whatever the FBI has uh, taken out of Kelly's home. Yeah, I mean, I do think talking to some of my longtime sources at City Hall that some folks are a little underwhelmed by some of these allegations. But at the same time, I mean, a crime is a crime. These are very high ranking officials. We're talking about billions of dollars of taxpayer money. Um, and I do think that we still don't know, as we say, where where this will ultimately lead, because, you know, I don't know, like who else might talk? Um, like we said, Wong has been uh, cooperating um, we still don't know, I think, completely how Nuru is, um, uh, you know, he hasn't entered a plea yet. So I, I think there's still a lot here that could unfold. And if you have some thoughts about the widening corruption probe, we do want to hear from you. You can give us a call now, and I invite you to do that. Our toll-free number for your calls is 866-733-6786. Again, join us. 866-733-6786 is the number to call. And you can also get in touch on Twitter and Facebook. We're at KQED Forum. Or email questions you might have to forum at kqed.org. I said that uh, we were going to talk politics in general and uh, <laughs> I don't want these uh, stories to be conflated, but uh, when I promoted this program, I said I wanted to talk about the uh, the newest twist to uh, going back to Attorney General John Mitchell's famous line, uh, do what I say, not what I do, particularly in the wake of the pandemic. We've got a bit of a scandal now because London Breed, the day after Gavin Newsom had gone to a dinner at the French Laundry, went to uh, a reception at the French Laundry herself and uh, this all, you know, we want to talk about the political fallout with you from this, uh, Marisa. I mean, aside from apologies and notes of cynicism and hypocrisy is astounding, according to Jessica Levinson, who's been on the show a number of times, the Loyola professor on political ethics. What does this all mean, do you think, in terms of the citizenry? Well, I mean, I think it's unfortunately just makes it even harder to convince many folks who, let's be frank, have already rejected a lot of what we've been asked to kind of step up and sacrifice this year. I mean, it, it really does undermine, I think, sort of the moral authority of these leaders. I mean, I would say, um, you know, I think it's probably a worse look for the governor than for a mayor, but I think... London Breed going to French Laundry, Sam Licardo acknowledging that he had a multi-family outside dinner on Thanksgiving um, in violation of state guidelines. It's, it's just, this has already been such, I feel like, a communications debacle when you think about the way that masks have become partisan, that questions over whether the disease even exists, you know, are running rampant in some circles and conspiracy theories. 
that having I, I, I think it's probably most disappointing for people who have supported the Democratic officials and, and their approach to this pandemic, um, because it does feel hypocritical. And I, and I think that um, it, it it surprises me. I mean, in some ways, Michael, like if you look at the way that the Gavin Newsom story broke and the fact that it took several weeks for London Breed's story to break, you just wonder at a certain point, like, why not just stand up and say, hey, I did this. Here's all the details. Let's just move on, because the the fact that it keeps kind of leaking out is is also i think really detrimental well and we think about nancy pelosi getting her hair done or la supervisor right. sheila kuehl uh, actually uh, uh voting to ban outdoor dining dining and hours later dining outside <laughs> yeah. in an italian it's restaurant like, in Santa come Monica. on guys it's a bit like, overwhelming uh, uh, and we mentioned democrats and all this i'm wondering what your response is to one of our listeners who weighs in here davy writes the city is run by a machine and that machine is the democratic party how many supervisor candidates were not Democrats in the last election? Name one or two. Talk about one party state. Yeah, I mean, although we have such varying shades of Democrat here, you could argue there's a couple of political parties within that. I mean, I, I think it's it depends on what you're talking about, whether it's kind of the mayor's office. I mean, the Board of Supervisors obviously is a wide range of uh, liberal to progressive Democrats, let's say, but they do have serious disagreements. Um, but I think, yeah, I mean, obviously the Democratic Party has a ton of power in California. We just in the Bay Area have the Speaker of the House from here. We have... Um, the new vice president uh, coming up here. You know, I think um, certainly it is it's 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 part of the history here. And, and I think things like this do raise questions about it. But I, I mean, I don't know that that's I, I, I don't know. I, I don't know that I can conflate these dining sort of faux pas with just the Democratic Party. I mean, we've seen, let's face it, I mean, in other states, we have red governors who have just denied the existence of this, who have gone out and proudly ate in crowded restaurants throughout the whole thing. So it's not as if this is like a one party issue. And I don't want to conflate these two stories we're talking about. Again, we're talking about San Francisco City Hall scandals with Marisa Lagos, but also about Mayor London Breed's decision to attend a party at the French Laundry. And if you have thoughts about either of those stories, or if you have questions that you want to raise, Please give us a call now. You can join the program by dialing in at 866-733-6786. The number again for your calls, 866-733-6786. Or get in touch with us on Twitter and Facebook. We're at KQED Forum or email any questions you may have to forum at kqed.org. Again, Marisa Lagos with us, politics correspondent for KQED and co-host of KQED's Political Breakdown Show. Please feel free to join the show. This is Forum. I'm Michael Krasny. Support for Forum comes from San Francisco Opera. Set 10 years after a school shooting, the critically acclaimed opera Innocence takes us into a complex emotional journey where our understanding of innocence and guilt is constantly upended. Kaya Sariajo's ethereal score collapses the past into the present as a community of survivors grapple with how to move forward. Don't miss the highly anticipated American premiere of Innocence, June 1st through 21st. Learn more at sfopera.com. This is Forum. I'm Michael Krasny. We're talking about San Francisco City Hall scandals with Marisa Lagos, and we do want to hear from you about the widening corruption probe. Also, want your thoughts about Mayor London Breed's decision to attend a party at the French Laundry. And if you have some general philosophical or otherwise type of thoughts about officials uh, 
perhaps not necessarily following what they are dispensing in the way of their votes or in the way of policies uh, and that ethical chasm or gap that exists. We do want to hear your thoughts on that as well. You can join us at 866-733-6786, and let's bring a caller on. Kate joins us. Kate, good morning. I'm sorry, Kate, are you there? Are you talking to me? If you are Kate, you are with us. I, um, I'm... They gave, they put the wrong name down, but that's okay. I'll be Kate for this call. <laughs> um, I used to work in City Hall 20 years ago, and it was always intermittent corruption. I think that's just the nature of politics. Um, one person does a favor for the other person. You scratch my back, I scratch yours, et cetera, et cetera. I think the hypocrisy of our state officials um, doing things that they're telling us not to do is also just kind of part of human nature, but I also think it's connected to just political elitism. Some way, this elite class of politicians think that they somehow can get away with it or they have a right to get away with it because of their political positions. But I'm also just wondering one last thing, or, and I'm going to just ask this question. Does, does your guess or do you think that this is um, – driven even further this sort of hip- hypocritical behavior by just the regime that we've had set in place for the last four years? Like, has Trump administration set a standard for further corruption and lies and all this other stuff? And and just because of so much impunity that has, you know, circulated among so many people, and now we have all these pardons, it's almost like, don't worry, you're going to get away with it. I appreciate the questions you're raising, and I'm sorry that your name is, we got your name wrong. Uh, But let me go to Marisa on this. Uh, Marisa, kind of trickle down from the Trump administration is, I think, what she's asking. Yeah, and I think, I mean, it's a really interesting question. I think it, I I am sure that there may be places, maybe more in D.C., where that's the case. I think if you look at this web of investigations uh, that has unfolded over the last few years in San Francisco, these are people who have been in city government, I mean, since before I started reporting on it almost two decades ago, right? I mean, these are people who have long been involved, if not in their current positions, but connected to very powerful people involved in the city machine. So I don't know, and a lot of the allegations being made here actually predate Trump's election. So I I don't know that I can make that link. I, I, I think that what we're seeing is just, you know, maybe... I mean, whatever. These are all allegations at this point. But um, if you believe them, that that these are these are longstanding potentially problems that have existed. Well, since the listener brought up Trump, I'm looking at an email from a listener named Rich who says, how much do you think Trump's appointment of a Republican U.S. attorney to run the FBI's San Francisco district office has to do with the recent FBI investigations of San Francisco city government? Uh, I think that that may, that's probably more on to something. <laughs> um, I think that, you know, what we saw I mean, we've had a long kind of list of uh, going back and forth of U.S. attorneys, depending on who the president is. And certainly it does seem like the Republican appointees are a lot more eager to uh, investigate City Hall in San Francisco and Oakland and other Democratic cities. But I mean, let's yeah, but forgive me, Marisa. Let's not forget that Christopher Wray, who's head of the FBI, is at odds with President Trump right, right and now. And also that if if. If these allegations are are true, it shouldn't matter. I mean, I, I like I, I understand uh, the spirit of the question, and I think that we do see that happen sometimes, where one party might be more uh, aggressive about investigating the other party, even if they're local officials. But at the end of the day, if you're a public official and you're on the taxpayer dime, you just shouldn't be doing things that can cause you to be investigated. I would argue. 
Yeah, good argument. Let's bring another caller on. Leslie joins us. Leslie, welcome. Hi, thank you. Um, I wanted to say that as far as leaking or things coming out, um, it's about time that somebody, you know, started talking. But I worked for the county government and uh, being outspoken, you know, about privileged people, um, abuses, a culture, you know, that ha- that as you were saying, dominates in the in government and politics. Um, why don't we just name it what it is? It, it's abuse of the funds and, you know, and people that are public servants that try to do the right thing. Um, now, you know, you're under retaliation. You're pushed out. Um, you know, the unions are aware of it. Um, but, you know, the members say, well, they're just in, you know, they just go along with management um, because of these reasons that, you, you know, that you're discussing. I'm having difficulty finding a lawyer. You know, I have stress-related disease, but I complained, you know, and the uh, the answer was, you know, to push me out because I, you know, I'm not privileged, and I refuse to live in a closed house, you know, where where I worked in welfare fraud, and, you know, there's regulations, but they're, they're, that's not... Uh, Leslie, you know, excuse me, let me, let me jump in here, because uh, yeah, as interesting no. as your personal story is, and I should mention that you're calling from... Mountain House near Tracy. I, I think you raise a, an important question just generally that I'd like to hear Marisa's response to. Marisa? So, I mean, yeah, I think, um, you know, it's interesting. I will say, like, reading this complaint and talking to people who are involved in politics, I do think there's a, there's a, sometimes a blasé sort of response, which is like, well, did lobbyists buy somebody a meal? I mean, that happens all the time. And you're like, yeah, but we have rules and laws designed to protect against that. So I agree with the caller that I do think that there is um, just within our political system, a lot of rules that exist and are not necessarily followed. Um, I mean, even if they are to the letter of the law, like we were just talking a few weeks ago when this French laundry thing happened, also about a group of lawmakers from California who flew to Hawaii during COVID to attend a junket with, you know, a, a group, um, a, a political group. And I, and I think that, again, like, is that within the letter of the law? Yes. Is it within the spirit of the law for at least the way a lot of folks would look at it who are stuck at home and trying to juggle this really debilitating pandemic? I mean, it doesn't feel good as as a taxpayer. So I think that there's kind of levels and I agree with her that I think sometimes the things that people do to skirt the rules or to just sort of look the other way um, potentially may lead to deeper corruption because it's a slippery slope. And here's Steve, who writes, I'm glad the FBI is taking a good look at the PUC. I would like to know why they sold 17 acres site at the old Balboa Reservoir for only $11 million to a housing developer. Let me bring another caller on from Tiburon. Carol joins us. Carol, good morning. Oh, hi. I'm going to take the speakerphone. Hi, I'm Carol from Tiburon. And at any rate, I have come to the conclusion, just after hearing all this conversation, finally I put it in my mind in a certain way. I think that when these politicians, the media, 
immediately after they're elected, they catch the disease of arrogance and hypocrisy. Well, Carol, I will let that uh, editorial comment stand, and thank you for it. I want to hear from, next from Kathleen, who joins us from Alameda. Kathleen, good morning. Hi, good morning. I have a comment about the, um, the, the so-called debacle at the French Laundry. Um, I feel like it's making something out of nothing. They weren't, the, the outdoor dining is legal. They were attending, maybe it's she-she and it seems elitist, but it wasn't illegal. Maybe it wasn't the greatest optics in the world, but I think people are making a big deal about it, and they're kind of um, in a catch-22 situation. If you're not out there supporting local businesses and supporting our industry, then you're held accountable to that. And then when you do go out and put yourself out there, then you're held you know, accountable for that. So I feel like it's a no-win situation, and they didn't do anything wrong, really. All right, thank you for weighing in and appreciate hearing from you. And we've got seconds left here uh, since the French Laundry has come up again. Uh, there is a, a real problem, isn't there, Marisa, just with the optics of that uh, in terms of the economic catastrophe we're enduring now because of this plague? Exactly. I think that's what it's about. Nobody's saying that they actually broke the law or the rules. I think that the question is if you're asking people to make sacrifices and you're going to, I mean, literally one of the most expensive restaurants in the in the state, is that a, is that a good look? And in, in Newsom's case, with a lobbyist and somebody who has you know business in front of the government, um, so it's. I agree. I mean, I think you know we we need to move on at some point, and uh, I think we'll have plenty to talk about later today if the governor indeed does another stay at home order. Indeed, we will. And I want to get one more caller on from. San Jose, Carlos joins us. Carlos, good morning. Good morning, sir. I would like to comment about this, uh, I call it corruption, from the governor and the mayor of San Jose and the one in San Francisco and who knows who else in regard to putting this restriction that applied to others, not to them. A lot of us come from Latin American countries escaping that kind of tyranny, like Venezuela, Nicaragua, that kind of thing, and that will have an impact on voters because when they get to be uh, citizen, then you become cynical because it's the same thing that is happening in our country. I think that is corruption, and uh, you know, I, I think it is. It, I don't take their, their uh, apologies. Uh, I don't accept their apology. They should know better, and we have laws also to avoid that, and then they just ignore it. Thank well, you. That's a good note to end on, and I thank you for that, Carlos. Uh, appreciate your call, and uh, appreciate always being with you, Marie. So thank you for being with us. Thanks, Michael. It's Marisa Lagos, politics correspondent for KQED and co-host of KQED's Political Breakdown Show. Support for Forum comes from San Francisco Opera. Set 10 years after a school shooting, the critically acclaimed opera Innocence takes us into a complex emotional journey where our understanding of innocence and guilt is constantly upended. Kaya Sariajo's ethereal score collapses the past into the present as a community of survivors grapple with how to move forward. Don't miss the highly anticipated American premiere of Innocence, June 1st through 21st. Learn more at sfopera.com. We've all got those parts of our house where the internet just won't go. Well, if you had wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you could worry less about dead spots. Because with wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you get fast speeds, reliable connection in every room, and power for all of your devices, even when everyone's online. That's wall-to-wall Wi-Fi only with Xfinity. Restrictions apply. Not available in all areas. Actual speeds vary. All over the country. We need to improve reading in Wisconsin. Schools are changing the way they teach reading. I'm calling for a renewed focus on literacy. We have gotten this wrong in New York and all across the nation. 
And it's happening because of a podcast. I think your podcast has changed my life. And I'm going to share this podcast with everyone I meet. Sold a Story investigates how teaching kids to read went wrong. New episodes of Sold a Story are available now.